1: here's what's cooking on today's sports stove podcast we're talking fantasy football player rankings we're also going to talk some baseball as the season is winding down and we enter the last month that and so much more that's what's cooking on today's sports stove podcast from belly up sports and the belly up podcast network you're
2: listening to the sports stove podcast with your host Vince stover
1: Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by Law Terrain Watches and Accessories. Go to law-terrain.com, use sports code, uh, excuse me, use the code sports stove for 10% off your purchase of watches, accessories, and anything else you can find on law-terrain.com. Joining me, as he usually does, is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, welcome back to the program. How are you doing?
2: Well, thank you. Good to be back. Doing good, doing good. Exciting times coming up in sports. Uh,
1: it is. Yeah, we got a big football weekend with college football really kicking off. Uh, you know, we had some exciting high school football on ESPN <laughs> earlier this weekend. That uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> shows you how professional some people are and uh, exciting times there for sure. And uh, some cuts today. Uh, we're recording live on a Tuesday night. And, uh, those cuts, of course, uh, Cam Newton made the big splash, uh, that he was released. I still think that was by his choice personally. I don't think that was a surprise to him. I think he didn't want to be there if he wasn't going to start. And I think it was a mutual parting as mutual as it can be in those situations as well. Were you surprised? I I mean, I guess I was surprised. Uh, are you, are you surprised now looking back on it that Cam Newton is, uh, has been cut?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I, again, you know, I didn't keep up with it that much to know how well Mac Jones was doing. Uh, it's interesting. I tell you, Belichick, quite the drafter at times, waits till the 15th pick and then he gets a guy and the guy's going to start as a rookie. Um, I, you know, we had talked about, it was going to be hard to keep both of them if you were going to use Jones this year because they just don't play the same style. Um, I don't think you could have one offense and play both of them, and um, Jones probably fits um, the New England offense, and he may be fairly successful there the way they'll handle him. Maybe so. We'll see for sure,
1: and uh, one of the big questions is about fantasy football, right? Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Well, we're going to bring in our guest here tonight from BellyUpFantasySports.com writer and general football fan Joe lawless, joel lawless excuse me joel how you doing good how are you guys doing great thanks for being on with us tonight thanks for having me not a problem at all all right so we we're, we're bringing you on because back on august the 18th you dropped an article on belly your top 12 fantasy quarterbacks and uh part of your article is made me raise an eyebrow now that's that's normal i i you know that's fine it's not a big deal um but i want to give you a chance to 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 talk about some of your decisions here first that was a couple weeks ago um has there been any
0: changes to your quarterback rankings since you wrote the article um top 10 i don't know if that's going to change 11's where it's going to get choppy because you know mac jones is going to be in that top at least top 10 top eleven. okay awesome
1: all right (laughs) We'll get there in just a second. So let's start at the top with your rankings, Dad. I don't think you've seen these yet, um, but uh, you had number one overall, Josh Allen, and right. really your top—well, your top two quarterbacks, especially, are pretty mobile guys. Uh, but uh, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray is one too. So, what what is your process, your thinking process,
0: when it goes to Josh Allen, number one for fantasy quarterback? Uh, just off the way he played uh, last year, he was number one last year, believe it or not. Um, I think he's just a phenomenal quarterback. I love the way he throws the ball. Looks like a perfect spiral. And uh, according to Emmanuel Sanders, it's like the best ball he's ever seen. So I just think he's he's got it down when it comes to throwing the ball. And then he's a big body when it comes to running too. He's good at that. Yeah, and can stay
1: healthy because of that frame. Yeah. Number two, you got Kyler Murray, and he's kind of the exact opposite. <laughs> when you right, look yeah. at especially body body types between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray. I can't say I had him quite that high, but um, I had him relatively high as well. like him there. Um, does the weapons that Kyler Murray has, does that play into the biggest role of him being number two, or is it his athletic ability?
0: I think it's probably his athletic ability. He's just, like, too fast for everyone on the field. He's kind of a cheat code, and I think the first, like, 12 games, he was running away with the MVP, and then he had a a bad second half, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping to see him get the MVP this year. Ooh, Kyler Murray MVP. Uh, Interesting. I
1: like it. Uh, Let's see here. Number three, you had Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge I'm, – I'm not a huge Cowboy fan, but I'm big on Dak Prescott this year. dad is not big on Dak Prescott at all. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, give me your thoughts on Dak Prescott number three because most people don't have Dak that high.
0: Yeah, no, I'm kind of giving the benefit of the doubt because last year he was on pace for what, like the best season of all time or something. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I'm just – I'm rooting for him to come back and be good. Yeah, That's and pretty. you – that offense,
1: it was electric, uh, under, uh, under Dak yeah. Prescott. Once he got hurt, obviously it went all went downhill and their defense was horrendous. So everybody looks at the Cowboys and they go, Oh, they're no good. Well, if you go back and look at their offense, they were pretty stinking good. And the defense this year is, is upgraded. I think at least. So the team will be better as a whole as well. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not sure if I got Dak that high, but I, I like it. I understand it. Aaron Rodgers. So me and dad are Packer fans. I was named after Vince Lombardi. I have a son who's named Brett. Um, and I have another son. He's not named Aaron because I have a a friend in college named Aaron and he, I couldn't name my kid Aaron, but anyways, um, uh, you've got Aaron Rodgers sitting at number four. He is, um, in an interesting mood this year. And, uh, how do you think that'll affect his, his playing and ultimately his stats that lead to fantasy, or do you think it helps his fantasy value that he's in a interesting mood going into the season?
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be just quite as good as he was last year. It's kind of hard to do that again. Plus, he's got A.J. Dillon coming in, who's going to be scoring a bunch of touchdowns, in my opinion. So. But the old Vulture.
1: Good.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: Vulture and some touchdowns. A.J. Dillon uh, yeah. getting some rushing touchdowns possibly as well. I like that. That's good. Uh, then you got Mahomes. Mahomes at number five. Most people have yeah. him up at number one or number two. Uh, when you talk about fantasy quarterbacks again, we're not talking about real life here. Um Mahomes at five. How how much did you struggle with putting him down at five,
0: or was it a pretty easy choice for you? I mean, I could have put him at one, like like you said, but I just I don't know. Let's change it up. Let's give him a down year for once. See some on regression in Kansas City, right? <laughs> just a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm big on, on Mahomes again this year. His offensive line is drastically improved. Yeah. Um, but you, when you're talking about fantasy points, you are talking about touchdowns. And I think, um, Clyde Edwards, alaire is going to have a much better year this year than he had last year, uh, as well and could play into that as well. Uh, the next two guys you have on the list are veterans you got Russell Wilson and Tom Brady I'm gonna skip over them for uh, for time's sake uh, then you got Justin Herbert at number eight I'm a big Justin Herbert guy this year I drafted him in I think the fifth round in a draft on Friday fifth or sixth I don't remember I got him middle somewhere down there but anyways um, Herbert you know my big question mark with him is the change of offense and things like that will he regress? Because new offensive coordinator, um, and it's only a second season you know, as a pro as well. Do you have any concerns about Herbert, or are you pretty
0: confident that he's going to, at the very least, be a valuable fantasy quarterback? Yeah, no, I'm pretty confident in him. He went out, had one of the better rookie seasons. Uh, he can throw the ball extremely far. Uh, Keenan Allen was unstoppable. And Austin Eckler, I think, he was injured for a bit last year. So if he stays healthy, all things should go well can add up for sure all right so now here's the the big thing right
1: number nine uh you've got the philadelphia eagles jalen hurts now i don't know if you've listened to our podcast before i love jalen hurts but i'm very very down on the eagles this year and i'm terrified of what they're going to be uh and i'm scared for jalen hurts honestly they don't have a ton of great talent around him Um, and, uh, you kind of got to bank on the fact that he's just a winner. And that's so cliche, but that's kind of what it's banking on. I know a lot of people are saying, well, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball, makes him a valuable quarterback. I'm scared to death of drafting Jalen Hurts. So how do you have him at number nine? What's your, again, what's the thought
0: process of there? What gives you the confidence that he can be a top 10 fantasy quarterback? Uh, first, I just like him a lot. He's a great quarterback. Doesn't get enough credit, I don't think. But, um, yeah, if Devontae Smith is what he should be, I think there's a lot of upside, especially with Jalen Hurts rushing and uh, Smith on the edge. So we'll
1: wait and see. We will wait and see. A lot of people have him. I've seen him in top ten at a lot of people people's rankings. Yeah. It just really surprises me, um, being that we haven't seen out of him yet what he can be. Uh, I admit I'm staying away from Jalen Hurts in fantasy drafts this year. Um, unless he just really drops, but then I'll consider it, but I can't take him as a top, top 10 quarterback. You got Tannehill next. Uh, we've, uh, we've spent too much time on our past podcast, trashing the Titans. So I'm going to stay off of that one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you got at 11 and Burrow at 12, but you say, well, Mac Jones is now the starter in, in New England. So where do you place
0: Mac Jones in your rankings? Well, when you DM me, I was actually curious. I didn't think about it yet, but ESPN has an app. 30 right now. So I think that's extremely low. He's got to be better than that. Um, The team's pretty complete. It's just going to come down to the wide receivers, I think, see if they show up and uh, make plays for him. Yeah, I mean, you look at – I love New England's
1: tight ends. They're two of the best tight ends in, in the league. But you look at those receivers. Anytime someone's telling me, hey, New England's going to be great this year, and you know why? Because they got Nelson Aguilar. I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that I see that. I'm not sure how that helps Mac Jones out a whole lot. They're going to have to have receivers play out of their minds, I think, overachieve this year. And Bill Belichick's gotten team, guys to overachieve before, so maybe he can. Mac Jones, So you, you think Mac Jones is the top 12 quarterback this year in fantasy?
0: Top 12? I'm not going to go there. But okay. I do think he's going to be a great football player for our team. Probably better than a fantasy player, at least for this year. But going down the road, Mac Jones will be in the top 10 for sure. Okay. All right. So not this year, but maybe soon uh, there. Dad, any questions
1: on the uh, quarterback rankings or any other questions about quarterbacks that you have for Joel? Um,
2: no, let's see. Um where, where do you because it was interesting in our draft the other night, where does Matt Ryan fit in with you?
0: I don't know how I feel about Matt Ryan this year. um He's just after last year he he let me down one too many times. I don't think I can do it <laughs> so joel Joel is an emotional uh fantasy oh, football yeah. ranker it's it's
1: uh you've been burned by somebody before I get it, but get burned by someone you're like, I can't touch that guy with a 10 foot pole. Um, yeah. I get that. I, I, I'm big on Matt Ryan this year, but uh, we've talked about that in our our uh, South preview episodes. Anything else, Dad?
2: Um, no. Like said, I, I I wouldn't agree with some of them, but hey, he's you're more an expert than I am. But um, you know, I it hurts above. Lamar Jackson okay maybe so you know and and again you know you have to go with your gut hey Jack Prescott's gonna have a great year Mahomes gonna be down well I'll probably go the other way on that but (laughs) you know you, you never really know from there and was number 10 Kirk Cousins no Ryan Tannehill Oh, Tannehill. Okay, I was going to say if Cousins up there, man, my goodness. But um, Tannehill, I, I I like him better than Vince does, and I think he could do well again. And he's got better receivers.
1: Yep. Yeah. He does have better receivers, but again, I'll need to. <laughs> I'll stop before I the Titans fans hate me anymore. Uh, Joel Lawless, he's a writer for BellyUpFantasySports.com. You can check out his articles there on BellyUpFantasySports.com. Joel, where can the
0: people find you on social media so they can follow you? Uh, mostly on Twitter for my writing, just at Joel Flawless. Uh, Joel easy. Flawless, there it is Flawless. right there.
1: Joel Lawless from BellyUp Sports, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We appreciate you taking some time to be with us.
0: Thank you, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. Thank you.
1: (laughs) All right. Dad, so there you go. We we've got the uh the information out there from Joel and uh I really do appreciate him coming on. And uh I saw that the article there about the uh quarterbacks a couple weeks ago and reached out to Joel to have him on and wanted to talk to him about what was uh what his rankings were because they definitely don't match up with my rankings and so I was curious uh, so, Dad. Now uh, we're gonna we're gonna take some time, and while we're talking about time, we should probably talk about Law Terrain. Law Terrain watches uh, sleek, stylish design designs. They've got all kinds of different options for you. I want to tell you about the Compass by Law Terrain, built for the man on the go. The Compass is primed to take life, take on life's moments, from casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing up. Uh, backing you up in tough terrain. Style and function go hand-in-hand hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. Reliable, versatile, great-looking, and easy to wear every day. The Compass is right for you at a great price. All Law Terrain watches are backed with the International 24-Month Warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues, and Law Terrain stands behind their products because they know they are built.
2: It's wintertime.
1: Uh, for high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com. That's law, then a little dash. Terrain, uh, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Use the code sports stove. You're going to get 10% off your purchase. All right, Dad. So now for the next several minutes, we're going to talk about our fantasy rankings. Because they are a little different from Joel's, especially in the quarterbacks. And ours, I'm guessing, we've not shared our rankings with each other. I'm guessing ours are going to be a little different from each other as well. So let's start with quarterbacks, since we've talked about that a little bit with Joel. Um, he had Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott as his top three. Who do you have as your top three quarterbacks uh, for fantasy football this year?
2: I have uh, Mahomes, Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson.
1: Okay, so we're not too far off. Then I've got Mahomes one as well. I think he just has the weapons. He has the offense tailored around him. Josh Allen is who I have number two because of, again, he's got that the rushing ability and the offense, again, tailor-made for him. And I've got Aaron Rodgers number three coming off an MVP season. Like I said with Joel, he's just in a mood right now, and I think it's going to turn out okay, especially in the early part of the season uh there as well. You've got Lamar Jackson. I've got Lamar Jackson number four. So I'm with you there that he's a little higher. Um they're having some injury issues with the receivers, so that scares me a little bit. The offensive line is okay, but not great. That scares me a little bit. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. So when you're talking about fantasy football, I've got him way up there um, as well. Uh who's
2: your number four? Uh Josh Allen.
1: Okay, so our top four are the same, just slightly, slightly different, uh, people. So let's move down, uh, to five, six, seven. Who do you have at five, six, and seven?
2: I've got Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert.
1: All right. So we've got two of the three the same also. I've got number five, Dak Prescott. And I know we've talked about this when we talked about the East divisions. I just think the offense. I mean, you look at the receivers that Dak Prescott has. Um, it's nuts. If he stays healthy, they're going to put up lots of numbers on offense, whether or not the team is successful. It's still yet to be seen, although I think they win the division. Uh, Dak Prescott's a guy I'm all in on this year. I've got him number five, Kyler Murray number six, Justin Herbert number seven. I've got Wilson down at number nine on my list. Do you have Dak Prescott in your top ten?
2: Yes, I have him at number ten.
1: Okay, so it looks like our our top ten are, are starting to line up. That leaves us two more guys that we haven't mentioned. Russell Wilson, by the way, I like Russell Wilson fine. Um I am really scared of Seattle players for whatever reason. I just don't trust them. And um, and um, even though Russell Wilson's a good quarterback and he scores well in fantasy, I'm staying away because I think Seattle's going to have a rough year this year. Um, Who's the other two players you have in your top 10?
2: I have uh, eight, Matt Stafford, and nine, Tom Brady.
1: I have eight, Matt Stafford, and 10, Tom Brady. So we've got the same 10 players. I'm surprised by that. I thought maybe we would sneak somebody different in Um, Matt Stafford for fantasy football this year, you look at the offense that he has, the, the receivers that he has. Um, he should go nuts this year and the running game is going to be questionable. Um, at least to start the season with Henderson and then they bring in Sony Michelle. Uh, but I like what Matt Stafford is going to do. I have Matt Stafford as, as a MVP candidate. I think he's a guy to watch out for for MVP this year. So I'm really surprised dad that we had the same top 10 uh, uh, players in that top 10 quarterback. Uh, let's move on to running backs. Uh, we are, we're going to be talking about running backs, receivers, and tight ends, and we're going to talk about them as if we are in a PPR league. So if you're listening and you hear, well, that running back should be higher. You've got to remember this is a PPR. We're doing it for PPR rankings because the leagues that me and dad are in are PPR leagues. So that's why we're going to do that. All right, dad, running back number one, who do you have?
2: Uh, Christian McCaffrey.
1: I'm with you on that one. Number two.
2: Alvin Kamara.
1: I'm with you on that one. I, I am more excited about Alvin Kamara today than I was a week ago, honestly, for whatever reason. I feel like Jameis Winston now being solidified as the number one quarterback. I think that helps this team. Kamara going to get a lot of catches, I think, this year. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a top running back. Who do you have as
2: number three? Uh Derrick Henry.
1: Right on. Same thing here with me. Uh, you know, I'm not a Titans guy. Derrick Henry is the one guy I trust this year in Tennessee. The other ones I'm too afraid of. Uh, so he's my number three as well. Number four. Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh. Okay. So here's where we're different. Um, I do not have Ezekiel Elliott in my top 10 running backs. Um, <laughs> at all. I've got Saquon Barkley here at number four on my list and Zeke. I've got Zeke down at about 11 on my list. Uh, And I'll explain maybe that in a minute. Uh, Who's your number five?
2: Uh, Davin Cook.
1: All right. I've got Dalvin Cook as number five on my list as well. Number six?
2: Uh, I have Saquon Barkley there.
1: All right. So you've got Barkley. I've got Jonathan Taylor at number six on my list. I think Taylor is going to be an elite running back this season and is going to be used in a lot of ways that's going to bolster his fantasy value uh, there. Uh, Number seven?
2: I I'm Nick Chubb.
1: All right, I don't have Chubb in my top 10 either. I I wanted to put Chubb in my top 10. I couldn't do it, though. I got number seven is Aaron Jones for me from Green Bay. Uh, I like what he's going to do this season and, and expect him to have a good year again this year in Green Bay. People, you know, even Joel mentioned A.J. Dillon maybe taking away some touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers and things like that. Um, I, I could understand that to some degree, but I'm going to have to see it first. I still trust Aaron Jones being the main running back, getting touchdowns, especially early in the season. That could change later in the season. But I think Jones, I think Rodgers is going to throw a ton of touchdowns uh, this year as well. So uh, I feel comfortable with Jones at seven. Who do you have at number eight?
2: I have Aaron Jones at eight.
1: All right. So I've got Joe Mixon from Cincinnati at number eight. Uh, Again, I'm really high on Cincinnati this year, especially when it comes to the fantasy things, Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Mixon, those kind of guys I'm big on. I've got Mixon at eight. Uh, I I considered Ezekiel Elliott here at eight, and I just feel like Mixon's going to outscore him this year. Number nine, who do you have there?
2: I have Taylor there.
1: All right, so you got Taylor way down at nine. Uh, I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire there, and I mentioned this when we talked about Patrick Mahomes. I really think that he's going to improve a lot this year in the Kansas City offense. It's going to be his show to 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 take, and I think he's going to take advantage of it, and I expect him to be a top ten running back this year. Number ten for you, running back.
2: I have Eckler.
1: Okay, I cannot put Eckler up there. And I understand that a lot of people do um have him there. I've got Antonio Gibson from Washington as uh my number 10. So we've got a good variety when it comes to running backs. I've got Mixon, Clyde edwards helaire and Gibson, who you do not have in your top 10. You have Chubb, Ezekiel, Elliott, and Eckler, who I do not have in my top 10, all in there as well. But we agreed on the first three. So, <laughs> so, so we're somewhere. And four <clears> of <throat> the first five, we agreed on two. So, uh, so we're definitely...
2: The top running backs are really strong. Uh, to me, if I took my top 10 and I pulled one out of the hat, I'd be happy You know, with any of them, depending on where you're drafting. But I think there's a lot of the top echelon running backs. It's hard to tell who's going to be a little better than the next one. Now, it drops off pretty quick, but the top echelon, 13, 15, is pretty good.
1: So when you say top echelon, so when I look at these running backs, I kind of tear them up and I've got, uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Henry, Barkley, um, cook as, as probably, well, maybe not cook. So maybe the top four, uh, Barkley, Henry, Kamara, and, and, and McCaffrey as kind of tier one of my running backs. And then from there, I've got, uh, cook Taylor, uh, Jones as tier two of my, my running backs and then the next group would be Tier 3, uh, which would probably include guys that were not in my top 10, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Eckler, those kind of guys as well. Who would you say is your Tier 1 running backs? Do you have it in like your top three, your top four that are Tier 1, or do you have it break it down a little broader?
2: <clears throat> I haven't really broke them down like that, but again, I think McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, probably <clears throat> Henry, and that that would be you know the top three there. Then you got the next – Probably the next ones through the top 10 of mine would be in tier two. And, again, I had um, Edwards-Hilaire, number 11, right there, Gibson, number 12. And I think you got Harris, Mixum, Robinson, Sanders, and Jacobs. Uh, I think the last three, you know, Robinson, Sanders, and Jacobs are a little further down, but probably better than the rest.
1: Let's go back to Najee Harris. Um, He did not make my top 10. Part of the reason why is because I think Pittsburgh is going to be bad this year. Um, how much confidence would you have in drafting Najee Harris? Because you're talking about you're going to have to get him probably in the second round, would be my guess to get Najee Harris. Um, and that would be probably later in the second round. But your thoughts on Najee and your confidence level as the rookie running back comes into Pittsburgh?
2: Um <clears throat> Like I said, that all worries me a little bit. I wouldn't take him as high as the second round or my second running back. So I probably wouldn't get him because his rankings are higher than that. Um, But if he fell after that and I had one good running back, definitely if I had two, it'd be great to have him. Uh, And he may be just great, but like you said, he is a rookie and you don't really know how Pittsburgh is going to do. Are they going to rally around Ben and it's really going to be a great year? Choose you going to have a better year um, or things just going to fall apart? Well, if you don't know
1: how Pittsburgh's going to do this year, you need to go back and listen to the AFC North preview episode. I made it very clear. Uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's going to be a six-win team this year, fourth in the division. It's not going to be pretty in Pittsburgh this year. That is what I believe, at least. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Again, we're ranking them as a, as they would be in a PPR league. These are uh, point per reception rankings. Um, I'm gonna guess we got number one the same, but maybe not. Who you guys is number one?
2: Yeah, Devonte
1: Adams. Yeah, Devonte Adams. Not only is Devonte Adams one of the best receivers in the NFL, I think if you talk real football, I put him number two, maybe number three, but I think number two right now behind Hopkins and real football, but fantasy football. You put Aaron Rodgers' favorite target on the field, you better believe he's going to find him, and he's going to find him a lot. And even though Aaron Rodgers will spread the ball around a little bit, he's always going to make sure Adams gets his catches during the game. He's going to score a lot of fantasy points this year. Uh, Number two, who do you have? I have uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, number two, okay. Um, I've got Stephon Diggs, number two, from Buffalo. The way they used him last year and this year, bringing in Emmanuel Sanders should help. Uh, maybe pull the defense a little bit more away from him. Uh, so I like Diggs at number two. I've got Tyreek Hill at four. Who do you have as number three?
2: I have Diggs at three, and then okay. I have Hopkins at four.
1: Yeah, so we got the same four. We just have them in a slightly different order. I don't think you can go wrong with any four of those receivers. That's tier one for me, those receivers. If you end up with one of those guys, you've got one of the top receivers, and you're going to be pretty safe at least – barring injury, with one of those guys. Um, Who do you have as number five? I have Jefferson. Me too. How about that? Uh, I had Justin Jefferson last year. Absolutely loved him. Uh, As much as I don't like Minnesota, as much as I think Minnesota is going to have a new coach next year because of how bad they play this year, they're going to throw the football a lot, and Justin Jefferson is going to catch the football a lot. I like him at number five also. Number six.
2: Um, Then I have Metcalf.
1: Okay, so I've got Calvin Ridley at number six, and again, when you asked the question about Matt Ryan to Joel, that's kind of the first thing I went to. Is I think Matt Ryan's going to have a positive year this year, um, and uh, and the reason, one of the reasons why, is Calvin Ridley, and uh, so I'm high on Ridley. I've got Ridley six. I've got Metcalf down at number eight. Uh, who do you have at number seven?
2: Actually, I skipped one there. I had Ridley at five and Jefferson at six. Okay. And Metcalf, Metcalf in at seven. So
1: Metcalf at seven. Ridley Jefferson before that. So we've got the same top six of receivers, just in slightly different orders. Who do you have at number eight? Keenan Allen. All right. So we have the same top eight players because I've got Keenan Allen at number seven. Uh Metcalf at number eight. Number nine. I got McLaren. I've got him as well. There. I love Scary Terry. When it comes to Washington, I am not a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I have made that very clear. Um, but I think Scary Terry is going to get some points this year. And I was able to snag him in a draft on Friday as well. Pretty excited about that one. Number 10. This is a hard one, I think, to come up with number 10. There's a lot of guys kind of in this area that could work here. Who do you have as number 10?
2: Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of guys there, but a guy that I, I just, you know, I like and I think will do good in fantasy football, so I'd move him up to 10 and be Evans. Dad, we got
1: the same top ten. Really? I, I am surprised. I am surprised by that uh, with the variety that's out there in wide receivers. But I've got Mike Evans as number ten as well. Again, there's a lot of guys. The you know I like the Cowboys uh, when it comes to fantasy football, but I'm not sure which receiver is going to be the top dog there when it comes to fantasy. You got C.D. Lamb. You've got um, uh, Cooper there as well. So you know, it's I, I'm not sure which one of those guys I considered putting one of them up here um but ultimately when you look at tampa and what they're going to do mike evans is the guy that can catch a lot of touchdowns this year and uh so that we got the same 10 guys different orders but same 10 guys in the top 10s of wide receiver again my tier one is adams Diggs, hopkins and hill and then from there you go down to tier two which would be jefferson ridley allen metcalf uh, McLaren, and then from there it goes to tier three. I'd have Evans starting my tier three. Um, are those top four guys your tier one also, or would you throw somebody else in there as well?
2: Yes. No, that'd be it. Adams, Hill, Diggs, and Hawkins.
1: Um, we're Packer fans, uh, so Adams Adams is number one on our list, and I think that's fair. Um, what other Packers – would just give me one. One other Packers receiver that you say is worth having on your fantasy football
2: team? Um. From following it as well as I think I do and watching everything in the preseason, um, fantasy-wise, Scantling? Yeah, you know, it looks like
1: Valdez Scantling is going to have quite the opportunity here um, if he can catch the football. That's the biggest thing with Scantling is catching the football. And because he gets open, he's got the speed, he gets down the field, and then he just drops the ball when he's wide open. So that's interesting. I, I like Lazard. Uh, there as well. I think Rodgers likes him, but I think Scantling this year is probably the play in Green Bay if you're looking at a second receiver in Green Bay. Um, let's go to tight ends. Tight ends now, top 10 tight ends. Again, PPR rankings here for tight ends. I would assume we have a lot of the same guys, but different rankings on this one. So we'll see. Uh, number one tight end that you have.
2: Um, well, I'd like to have Tony Gonzalez, but he doesn't play anymore so. Correct. We'll go with we'll go with Kelsey.
1: Yeah, Travis Kelsey uh, to me is a clear cut number one, um, in a fantasy tight end for sure. Number two, Andrews. I'm there with you. I got Mark Andrews number two also. Number three,
2: I have George Kittle.
1: All right, so we're going to be a little different here. I've got uh, Darren Waller in Vegas. I want to go back though to Mark Andrews real quick. I don't want to skip over that too too fast. When you look at Baltimore. Um, and what they do on offense. Andrews to me is clear cut number two. Like I didn't have to think too hard about this. I think he's a clear cut number two tight end. I think he is a tier one tight end. Like he's a guy that you get on your team. You're going to be solid for the whole season. There's not a lot of competition at tight end. They've got Boyle, but not a lot of competition at tight end in Baltimore. And he's a proven commodity there. So I love that. Uh, Waller in Vegas for me is, uh, just again, one of those things he's got, already got the connection with Derek Carr, they don't have a ton of great receivers around in Vegas either, so that kind of plays into it. He gives them a good size and an opportunity there as well. Uh, who do you have number 4?
2: I have Walt, Waller, Tatt, Walker Walker okay.
1: Yeah, so I've got Kittle at number 4, so we've got the same top four tight ends uh there. Number 5? Robert Tonyan. All right, so I've got Kyle Pitts at number 5. Um and the reason why, again, as you look at the other receivers in Atlanta after Ridley, Pitts is the number two guy. He might even be the number one guy at some point this season in Atlanta, and uh, I think he's going to have a great rookie season as well. Uh, I've got Tanya next at number six. I love Robert Tunyon, Um, but again, I think this year you're going to see Rodgers, I say forced, but I don't think it'll be unwise necessarily, but you're going to see him look to some guys like Devonte adams like randall cobb if he's on the field uh you're going to see aaron jones more involved as well so that kind of scares me a little bit when it comes to tunyon's value but i say that and i still have him number six overall i'm a huge robert tunyon fan uh who do you have number six
2: i have kyle pitts
1: okay so we got the same top six this is where i think it'll start to get interesting in these rankings where we should disagree i could be wrong we'll see who's number seven for you
2: hawkinson
1: Okay, I've got Hawkinson number eight. Um, I've said a lot this off season as people were spouting off Hawkinson as a top three tight end. I said he's not a top three tight end. And uh, he is a top eight tight end, and that's why I have him there at eight. Um, number seven, I have Jonu Smith from New England. I think he's going to be the tight that, end that gets the majority of the touchdowns over Hunter Henry, although I think Hunter Henry is probably a better tight end, especially receiving tight end. Um, he's always hurt. So I'm going to go with Jonu Smith at number seven. Hawkinson at number eight. Who do you have number eight? Uh, Thomas. Thomas. Oh, from Washington. Logan Thomas. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm scared of Thomas this year. A lot of people have him uh, around number seven, number eight in the rankings. And I like him okay, but I got to admit he scares me this year. I think he's being overhyped to some degree. So I don't even have him in my top ten in this ranking. Uh, Who do you have number nine?
2: Um, I have um, from Denver Fant.
1: Noah Fant, I've got him number 10, uh, so I've got him in there as well. I think Teddy Bridgewater will use him. He is talented, but again, you've got some really, really talented receivers, three really talented receivers in Denver, uh, which are going to steal some of the, the thunder for Noah Fant, but I do have him number 10 in there. Uh, who's your number 10?
2: Number 10, you got to go with the guy that can catch it over the open water, Gronkowski.
1: Gronkowski, okay, Gronk's not in my top 10. I I don't have Gronk very high. Uh, Gronk is a guy I'm not drafting. Uh, so there you go, anybody in any of my leagues, you don't have to worry about me taking Robert Gronkowski. I've got Dallas Goddard in my top 10. i got him number nine. Uh, he's going to be the starting tight end in Philly. You know how I feel about young quarterbacks and their tight ends when it comes to fantasy football. If you've got a young quarterback, the tight end's going to catch the ball a lot. Dallas Goddard seems to be the guy that's going to be the main guy in Philadelphia. It'll be interesting to see if Zach Ertz gets involved this year or not um but uh so that one is is what i have i've got goddard nine fant number 10 dad has fant number nine and um who'd you say at number 10 gronk gronk that's right gronk at number 10 uh so yeah okowski yep so there you go so there there's where we are with the uh fantasy football rankings we've given you our top 10 quarterbacks Running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. And, uh, those are our personal rankings that we've given for you there. We've got a draft coming up this Friday. I've got another draft coming up on Sunday. So, uh, I, I hesitate to give my rankings. My dad asked me the other day and I'll ask dad's opinion of this in just a minute. Uh, but you know, he said, I got, I'm trying to figure out if you've been lying when we've been talking fantasy football on the podcast, uh, or if you've actually been telling the truth. And, uh, it is, it's hard. This is my first year doing fantasy stuff on the podcast because last year I didn't want to, I didn't want to let out what I was doing. And I don't even know if, if most of the guys in the leagues I'm in pay attention to this podcast. They should, but I'm not sure that they do. And so, uh, so nonetheless, uh, this year I just decided, Hey, let's just go at it. We're going to give, give you, give you what it is. And, uh, you can decide to use it or not. That's up to you, uh, on that. So, uh, dad, you, you asked me the other day, if I, you were going to try to figure out if if I was lying when we were talking fantasy football or if I was being completely truthful. We've been through one draft. We've got another one uh, Friday. Um, would you say I've been truthful so far or do you think I've held anything back?
2: Um, I'd say you were pretty truthful. I wasn't sure on a couple of them, but based on who you picked and where you went, um, then, yeah, I think you really liked them.
1: All right. So there you go, people. First-hand, First-hand knowledge uh, there. I'm not holding anything back. Uh, Dad, before we transition over to baseball, um, I want to mention our local sponsors, IPM Pests and Termite. If you're in Central Kentucky, uh, make sure you go visit myipm.com. They're the Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. Uh, any kind of pest that you have, ants, spiders, centipedes, mice, moles, termites, whatever it may be, the, the fine folks at IPM Pests and Termite can help you, and they can help you for an affordable price Uh, Go check out their ratings on Google or Facebook. You'll see what their customers have to say about them. Again, you can find more information at myipm.com. And my uh, IPM is the official sponsor of the Sports Stove Local Hour. First, Sports Stove Local Hour drops Wednesday morning, September the 1st, covering University of Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky University sports, previewing week one of the college football season. With some great interviews, head coach Walt Wells from EKU and Terry Bowden, head coach of Louisiana Monroe, Bobby Bowden's son, uh, joined us as well for for a great interview there, too. So you can listen to that Wednesday and anytime after that as well. All right, Dad, we're going to transition to baseball, but I should ask you anything else you wanted to say about fantasy football before we go to baseball?
2: Uh, no, one interesting thing the other day, I watched a lot of preseason football and watched just a little bit of the Falcon game. I think they were playing one of the Ohio teams here and they were on. And all of a sudden, I just watching, and this big guy catches the ball and goes running. And I thought, man, that guy is big. And it was Pitts. So I'd never seen him before. I thought, wow, he really, he, he may really be something. So.
1: Yeah, where do you put Mac Jones uh, when it comes to the fantasy quarterbacks? Have you had enough time to think about that?
2: Um, Interesting. I think he could do real well in the system there, so I'm going to have to look at that a little bit. Even uh, compared to the other um, rookie quarterbacks, I think he's going to have to be pretty high. He wouldn't be higher than Trevor Lawrence, I don't think but he he might be as high as any of the rest of them. Um, I think he could have a better year than Wilson, even though Wilson might end up being a better quarterback. Um, but I think, you know, we've talked about a quarterback's got to be in the right system, and I think Jones is in the right system.
1: Yeah, he could be a top 15 fantasy quarterback this year. I'm trying to think of guys that I didn't have in my top 10. Guys like Matt Ryan I'd put over top of him. Uh, rookie quarterbacks, I think I'd put, Mac Jones over Zach Wilson here in year one, because I don't like Zach Wilson's tools that he has, the receivers and things like that that he has. Um, Trevor Lawrence will be interesting. I'm not sure how he'll fare when it comes to fantasy value. Trey Lance is still a guy that I think is going to start all or most of the season, and I think he's going to score well once he gets an opportunity to play. Uh, I think he's actually injured, and they're saying he's not going to be available for week one. Uh, so that would blow my prediction of him starting week one. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I think Mac Jones is going to have a decent year. I think even in fantasy this year, he's going to be a guy that's going to produce. I would not want him as my number one quarterback. Um, but if I had him as a backup, I think I'd feel pretty comfortable with that as well. All right, let's transition to baseball. We are in the last month now, September, uh, before the playoffs begin in Major League Baseball. And we'll get to the standings and the wild card stuff in just a moment. But I want to start with the situation in New York and Javi Baez. Um, Javi Baez and Mets players, would they got on base, would give a thumbs down sign. And when asked about it, Javi Baez said, yeah, we're booing the fans because they boo us uh, when we do something bad. So we boo them when we do something good. There's more to the conversation, but that's the, the, the main gist of it there we talked briefly about this on the phone earlier dad uh off air but uh, give me your thoughts on the situation javi baez the mets uh the players versus the fans those kinds of things what are your thoughts on the situation
2: well i mean i in some ways it seems you know kind of silly um i don't know i mean part of it could be well hey the fans again this is new york and this is fans um I'm not necessarily big on booing players or whatever the case may be there. Um But to me, you've got the people paying to come to the game, and you've got the guys making millions of dollars playing the game. And we talked about this before. When you're making a lot of money in professional sports, and, you know, there's going to have to be a little bit go with it. And, you know, if if looking up and seeing thumbs down and some guy – Boo, and, you know, boy, that just isn't fair. Well, you know, that's not going to affect you when you go to the bank. And um, I, I, to me, I, you know, I, I may could read a little too much into it, but um, I think part of it is the way baseball is structured, the whole pro sports with salaries and guaranteed contracts. Um, as far as to the players, I don't think fans, if people don't come to the games, they really. they I don't know how much they care. I don't know how much it affects them. Sometimes you wonder how much winning and losing affects them. You see guys get a big contract, and then they never play that well again. Um, So I I think that's a different day than when everyone – now the owners, yeah, they want people in the stands and people buying souvenirs, and that's all important there. But, um, you know, the players sometimes forget where the fans fit in in sports. Now for the fans to have that right, you have to act right. I think you have to act decent. Um, and if you're a good fan of the sport, I'm all for that. Um, but, um, you know, to me the whole thing is a little silly, you know, the, the Mets again should have done well and they aren't doing well. And, um, that's not going to sit well with fans.
1: Okay. I agree with you on that. Um, But how fickle are fans, right? I mean, literally in the same game, they can boo one thing and the next inning cheer or cheer in the first inning and boo in the third inning because they're not happy with something. And I've heard that brought up about it's New York and they're lucky. He's lucky he doesn't play for the Yankees and this kind of nonsense. You go, what are the Yankee fans going to do? They'll beat him up. Well, that's not right. (laughs) That's that's kind of stupid for the fans to do, Um, you know, and those kinds of things. I think you know we, we got to come back to this point about Javi Baez. When he got traded to New York, he said the day he got traded that he would like to re-sign with Chicago at the end of the year. He's a free agent at the end of the season. And he said when he got traded, I want to come back to Chicago. Now, whether or not he goes back to Chicago, I don't know. But what that tells me is Javi Baez could care less what the New York fans think of him. He's not there uh, to, to to appease fans. He's there to win baseball games. Now, he has not won baseball games. They have not done well. And it's not all been on him. I mean, you look at Francisco Lindor. He's been horrible for the Mets this year. But And he said some things that were stupid. But nonetheless, back to Javi Baez and the booing. I say, you know what? Go for it. I don't care. Go for it. Give the thumbs down. Tell the fans, hey, you guys are hypocrites. You're, you're fair weather fans and that's not what you should stand for. You should be support. I mean, you look back to Chicago, dad. Sure. I'm sure Chicago fans booed at times, but Chicago fans are loyal to that team. Uh, and, and you know, I have no, no love for Chicago of any kind, but Chicago Cubs fans. They were in misery for years and years and years and centuries before they finally got back to the world and won a world series. And you look at that, that, that city and how much they love their baseball team. I think Javi got to New York and I think he realized you got the Yankee fans are probably a little bit more prevalent than the Mets fans. Although there are, there are loyal Mets fans. To me, Javi Baez says, this is stupid. You guys are fickle. You're hypocrites uh your fair weather and so I'm not gonna support that. And I don't have any problem with that. The thing I think this points out though, Dad, is how great small markets are. Because in New York they they are very brutal to the fans or to the to the players in football and basketball and in baseball. Uh, there is the booing, there is the negativity, there is the hatred that comes when the team doesn't succeed. But if you go to a small market team, they are constantly trying to help get players back on track because they they just want their team to win. And I go back to Milwaukee and I look at Christian Yelich and his struggles that he's had this season. He didn't get booed by Milwaukee fans when he struck out. He didn't get booed by Milwaukee fans when he didn't do what he was paid to do. But guess what Yelich is doing? He's turning it around. Now he's starting to hit. He's hit successful in like eight straight games or something. And you look at it and what he's every time Christian Yelich walks out on the field, he has fans supporting him, trying to encourage him to get him back in out of his funk. They're trying to be a part of the solution and not just pouring on. We know dad, society is soft. We're getting softer and softer by the minute. And uh, we talk about mental health and those kinds of things. But the reality is, is, is any player who is booed by his own fans, that's going to hurt. When you get booed by the opposing team, you don't care about that. But you're, when your own fans boo you, man, that's just something, you know, that that does hurt. And so I think small market fan bases are far better than large market fan bases because they just support the players um, and, and with the exception of of illegal things and domestic abuse and stuff like that. They support their players on the ball field and try to do their small, small, small part to help those players get back on track uh, when they're in there. Um, So I think this situation, and it is crazy. I cannot believe that the team came out with a statement saying that it's unacceptable uh, for the players to to say this and do this, and we're going to have a team meeting about it. I imagine that team meeting was bonkers. Uh, but, but nonetheless, um, you know, we're not allowed to do anything, right? Dad, we can't do the horns down at Texas. We can't do the L's down in Louisville. And now we can't do thumbs down in New York because it's too mean, uh, to somebody. That's my thoughts on it. Um, I, I get it. I think it's, I think it's stupid on both sides, right? The play, it's stupid for the players, stupid for the fans. It's stupid for the organization to get involved. Just let it go. It'll end itself and move on. Those are my thoughts at the very least. All right. Uh, any more thoughts on that?
2: Uh, no, no, I agree. Like I said, there's, you know, I, baseball's had a good see, good year. I think the playoffs are going to be very exciting. And um, I think, you know, there'll be a lot of new teams in there and, and some good good baseball. Uh, it won't be centered around superstars in some ways. Um, it'll be more baseball teams, and hopefully, it'll be good baseball.
1: Major league baseball has had what I think has been the best season in years. I mean, maybe, maybe since the Barry Bonds home run days, just phenomenal year. I think the teams have been fun to watch. You got Shohei Otani. He's not going to make the playoffs, but he's probably going to get the American league MVP and he's drawing in viewers and, and, and things like that. You've got interesting battles coming down in the West, NL West division, the NL East division is close. The, American League East Division has been entertaining to some degree uh, this year as well. So it's been quite a season for sure. I agree with you. I think it's been a great season for Major League Baseball. Let's talk about the uh, wild card teams. Let's start in the American League. Right now, you've got the Yankees and the Red Sox as the uh, wild card uh, uh, teams in the American League, but you've got Oakland, Seattle, and Toronto nipping at their tails right now as well do you think I mean in my opinion the Yankees have finally started playing the way we expected them to play so I think they're locked into the playoffs do you think that the uh Red Sox can lock up that last wild card spot or do you think neither the Yankees or the Red Sox are going to be there at the end
2: um I, I think the way the Yankees are playing right now I think they're in good shape I think being that we have what a month left in the season Um, I don't think the Red Sox have it locked up yet. Um, anytime you have a lead, that's good at this point, but, um, Oakland's had some good runs and they've gone on a little bit of a fall here. And to me, Seattle, I like that. That's kind of a surprise team. And if they can, if they can get in there, that would be, um, that'd be exciting maybe and good for baseball. But again, the Red Sox, people didn't always expect a lot out of the Red Sox this year. So, um, um, I think any of those in there will be good, but I think the Yankees are in good shape.
1: Seattle hasn't made the playoffs in 20 years, 18 years. I forget. It's been a long time since Seattle's been in the playoffs. Um, I like Toronto. I think they're coming on strong. They've got a, a good run differential. They've got a plus 118 run differential. They've allowed uh 531 runs they've scored 649 runs. They're on a three-game win streak right now. They're four and a half back uh as well. So, uh when you look at this team I, and that's from Boston by the way, four and a half back from Boston. Um I think Toronto if they can stay healthy here at the end, they're a team to watch make a run into the final wild card spot there uh in the American League. The A's, you're right, they've had they've had some good moments this season. Uh, they're on a two-game win streak as we are doing this episode, and uh, but they're 4-6 and six in their last 10. Seattle, they don't have a good run differential. As a matter of fact, they have a negative run differential. I don't think they have enough pieces right now to get through. Their guys are not playing their best ball right now. So even though they're still in the hunt, as a matter of fact, they're only 4.5 back as well. Um, I like Toronto to take that last spot there in the American League. Wild card race then let's switch over to the national league wild card race right now the Dodgers are firmly cemented in and then you've got the Reds uh with the Padres a half game back on Cincinnati and you got St. Louis actually they've made a weird run here in the season they're at two and a half games back from Cincinnati right now Phillies three games back there as well Dodgers are in or if they end up somehow well let's We'll go back to the Dodgers and the Giants in a second. Let's just stick with the wild card. Cincinnati is, is currently there. You're in Ohio. You're, you're in that market, that Cincinnati market. You know, I, I'm in a Cincinnati market in Lexington and, you know, everybody's trying to be positive. That bullpen is so bad. I just cannot imagine Cincinnati making the playoffs still. Uh, do you think Cincinnati makes it or do you think someone overtakes them?
2: Well, people are really excited up here, uh, no doubt about that. The fan base is very loyal, and they're very excited that there's, you know, that they're in the playoff hunt or wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. Um, boy, I don't know that they will. You know, the Cardinals are making a run. Um, it, it's The Reds have won some big games, but then, you know, when they play some good teams, they've struggled. And they got a double hitter tomorrow with the Cardinals. So, boy, the standings could change, you know, real quick there. And um, they haven't been able to handle Milwaukee um, for the most part. So, um, I, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who. Who gets in there? And um, again, up here, it's very positive. And I don't think Cincinnati, like you said, there's some problems with the bullpen. They won't go far, but uh, they might get that last wild card spot, and that'd be a real, um, real shot in the arm up here. They have some good young players. They've had some people to surprised, um, no doubt about that. But um, the pitching has been the problem.
1: Well. <laughs> look at their September schedule. They play St. Louis next. Then they got Detroit. Then they got the Cubs. The Cubs are an easy win right now. They got the Cardinals again. Then they got the Pirates, uh, the Dodgers, the Pirates, the Nationals, and they close out with the White Sox. They've got a relatively easy schedule when you're talking about playing the Pirates, the Tigers, and the Cubs in that spurt. But you're right against that St. Louis. They play St. Louis in two series here in the last month. And uh that's gonna be intriguing to see if St. Louis can do something. San Diego still has the talent, and I expect San Diego to overtake Cincinnati uh personally, but San Diego's got a tougher schedule. So that might be rougher because San Diego has to play San Francisco. They've got to play the Dodgers, they've got to play uh the Astros um looking real quick. They play St. Louis also, and they play the Braves, so they play the Dodgers a couple times. It's yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh rough hard end of the season for San Diego. They should be the team that gets there. Maybe Cincinnati can hold on. I would still be shocked if St. Louis overtakes them uh, there as well. Uh, Division leader in the NL West, the San Francisco Giants, your San Francisco Giants, have been leading all season long. They're a game and a half up on the Dodgers. Are the Giants going to be able to hold on to the division, or will they end up being the wild card?
2: Um, I think they can hold on just because they're playing good ball. They have a lot of people that contribute. One night you've got, um, you know, one guy hits a home run, and next night another guy. Uh, plus they've had some players that have had some really strong seasons. Um, their pitching, for the most part, has been good. Um, there's been some drops there. They do have good, a good bullpen. They can come in and hold up there. So, um, again, I've kind of been waiting for the Dodgers to overtake it. The Dodgers have to be going crazy because outside of last night, every time the Giants lose, the Dodgers lose. Mm-hmm. And now, in the same way, when when we win, the Dodgers win. So, we haven't been able – a couple of weeks ago, we had a four-game lead. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's been two, two-and-a-half, and now it's one-and-a-half. Um, so, we'll see. It's a big series, you know, a tough series with Milwaukee. Um, lost last night. You know, it was a close game there. Um, it was OK because my fantasy pitcher won. But, other, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it's interesting now when you do get to see some of the good teams that are probably going to face in the playoffs um, playing each other from there. And uh, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I know the Giants always end up the year with the Dodgers. I assume that's the case this year.
1: I got the schedule in front of me right now. San Francisco, they play the Dodgers next after Milwaukee. Then they've got the Rockies. They'll have the Rockies twice, two series against the Rockies. They got a series against the Cubs. They end the the season against the Diamondbacks. So they only play the Dodgers one more series. Uh, They play the Padres, the Braves in that grouping as well. Uh, they play the Padres actually in two series, the Dodgers in only one series. So they've got a relatively easy schedule too, in and out this season.
2: Yeah, I, I think this here and that schedule helps them. I, th- I think they're in good shape. Um, again, you know, the Dodgers are going to be interesting. Whichever team is the wild card is going to be a really strong wild card team, no doubt about that, because their records are going to be, you know, better than than all the other teams in the playoffs. So, um, it's funny, I'm not a big Braves fan, but Atlanta has played well and has played well against the good teams. You know, I think we split with them and um you know they're I'm hoping they do well against the Dodgers this series, but I, I'm really surprised the Braves jumped up like they did.
1: You're right. The Braves have been I, I thought that the both the Phillies and the Mets, well the Mets were injured and I but I thought they were gonna have some guys really come on after the All Star break. They have not. Um, then the Phillies after the trade deadline, I was all in on the Phillies and, uh, they have not been able to do any, do much with it. And so you're right. The Braves have, have played. Um, and at this point they seem to be pretty well in control of the East. They could still be caught for sure, but uh, the way they're playing right now, I expect them to stick where it is. All right, Dad, our next episode will be Thursday night, 8 o'clock. I'll be joined by the host of The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, Brad Taylor. We're going to talk college football and uh, discuss win totals and a lot of other things in regards to college football. I'm sure we'll talk some baseball there as well. I want to remind you to go visit Law You can find it law-terrain.com and use the code SPORTSSTOVE you get 10% off your watch or any accessories that you purchase. We appreciate them for partnering with us as well. Then our brand new Sports Stove Local Hour covering Kentucky Wildcats and Eastern Kentucky Colonels drops momentarily. Uh, it'll be available as of Wednesday morning. And, uh, which most of you listening is, is Wednesday. So, uh, so that's available now go wherever you get your podcast to the sports stove podcast. You'll find the sports stove local hour there in the episodes, as long as all our other sports stove podcasts there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight until next time. We'll see you around the sports stove.